One week to go in the Major League Baseball season, this abbreviated COVID inclement season for the Reds and the Indians. And both teams right now are in the playoffs. Hopefully that will continue throughout the rest of this week. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Ohio Baseball Weekly Show. I'm Dave Mitchell, and as we told you, the Reds and the Indians right now, if the season would end today, would be in the playoffs. And let's talk a little bit more about that. And in order to do that, let's bring in Blake Watson, our resident Reds expert. Blake, great week by the Reds to get themselves right back into the playoff chase. Yeah, realistically, it's been a great, you know, almost two weeks for the Reds um, since that series with the Cubs or the Cardinals. They took two out of three, followed it up with a four-game sweep of the of the uh, Pirates, took two or three from the White Sox. Um, I think they took two or three of the series before that Cardinal series. I don't remember who they played, but it's been a really good run, man. They're starting to, they're starting to get better offense. Um, the bullpen's been solid outside of the one game against, uh, the White Sox where Robertson, Robert Stevenson gave up the back to back to back home runs in a game that was basically over because Dallas Keuchel just kind of carved them up. Um, which, you know, he has the ability to do at times. Oh yeah. Uh, He's, he's really good. And it was his first start back. Bauer pitched well, made two bad pitches, gave up the two solo home runs. Um, but all in all, they're, they're playing really well. Obviously, four game sweep of the Pirates. They're probably the worst team in baseball. Um, but you know, then you follow that up with two or three out of the White Sox and that's, that's, that's a big, big series win that proves they're for yeah. real. Um, especially, you know, Sonny Gray's on the shelf. They'll get him back this week. Um, you know, Michael Lorenzen's been outstanding in starting rotation since he went in. Um, Tyler Malley's been really good of late. Luis Castillo's finally pitching like the ace that he is. And Bauer is what Bauer is. So, yeah, it's Honey Gray back into that rotation. The Reds got a really good shot. And uh, they do play the toughest schedule of any of the teams in that National League wild card hunt. But, you know, three of them are against the Brewers who are right there with them. Yep. They're, they're deadlocked. If they can take, you know, two or three from the Brewers – especially with who they got going on the mound, um, I think is a very real possibility. Uh, then I think they got a really good shot to get in. It, it's going to be interesting this last week, Blake. I mean, the National League is the most entertaining of both leagues because you've got not only the top eight, which Cincinnati right now is in the eighth spot with a 27-27 and 27 record. They're just a half game behind Philadelphia. But then you've got Milwaukee, San Francisco, and even the Mets – are within shouting distance of the Reds. So you've really got 11 teams that are vying for those top eight spots. Yeah, I think, you know, everybody talked about this, you know, this expanded playoffs is kind of kind of a joke. Um, I think it's good for baseball. I think you've got, you know, out of 15 teams in the National League, 11 of them have, have a legitimate shot to play in the postseason. Now, how many of those teams that you just named are teams that can legitimately win a series? I don't know. Um, but I can tell you right now, I don't care how good the Dodgers are. They do not want to see the Reds in a three-game series. Um, you know, if you can go Boward, Castillo, Gray in a three-game series, I don't care who you're playing. You have a shot to win that series. So the Dodgers don't want to see the Reds. They would much rather be the Brewers or the Mets or somebody, you know, that isn't as good in the starting rotation. Yeah, and the um, Dodgers' Achilles heel is their starting rotation. Without a doubt. I mean, Walker Bueller's good. Dustin May's really good at times. He's really average at times. Um, 
But yeah, they definitely don't have the starting pitching that the Reds do for sure. Um, so I think, you know, you get in and with our, with our pitching staff and the fact that they're starting to hit, the Reds can beat anybody. Um, but they got to find a way to get in. And that's, you know, they didn't do themselves any favors. And the schedule makers definitely didn't do them any favors with the, the last six games they have remaining. So if the Reds would manage to sneak into that seventh spot and overtake Philadelphia, the Cubs right now are in a battle for the second spot with Atlanta. Those two teams are at 31 and 22. So I'm just going to throw this right out at you, Blake. Do you rather play the Dodgers, the Cubs, or Atlanta? Uh, I, honestly, I don't think it matters for the Reds. Um I think if I had to pick one of those teams, it would probably be Atlanta, um, because I think, I think the Dodgers are definitely the best team in baseball. I don't think it's really all top to bottom lineup. They, I mean, their pitching's not great. Their bullpen's pretty good. Um, yeah, I think rec- they're the best. Record wise, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're the best roster in baseball. Not, they're definitely not the best pitching staff, but I think, you know, the roster is the best in baseball. I think the Cubs and the Braves are really similar. Um, and we've seen enough of the Cubs where I don't want to see them. I'd, I'd rather see a team we haven't seen. Although, you know, there's a lot about Atlanta that scares me too. Um, but they're, they're also, their pitching staff's really dinged up. The Cubs are really good at the top of Darvish, but after that, it's just okay. Um, I, yeah, I think either the Cubs or the Braves, for obvious reasons, just because I think the Dodgers are the best team in baseball. But none of those teams scare me in a three-game set when I go Bauer, Gray, Castillo. Well, as far as the American League is concerned, really, Blake, the top eight teams are pretty much solidified. Um, it'll be Tampa Bay, the White Sox, Oakland, Minnesota, the Yankees, Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. That's the way they line up right now. Seattle is the ninth team, but they're four games back of Toronto for that last wild card spot. So realistically, Seattle's probably out of it. So are the Angels. So the top eight teams really in the American League are set. The only thing now, they just jockey for position and see where everybody is going to end up. Yeah, I mean, and that's, to me, that's less exciting for obvious reasons. Um, you know, and, and that's another thing to go back to the National League with, if the Reds find a way to sneak in. They've been playing playoff baseball for a week and a half. Um, yeah. There's a lot to be said. I mean, how many wild card teams have we seen go on a run and make, make a run to the, to the LCS or even the World Series? The same way in, you know, football, wild card teams a lot of times end up in that last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're playing meaningful games meaningful situations they're they're more prepared for it i mean you really saw it out of the white Sox this weekend they clinched and they they were not playing as hard as the reds were um without a doubt they were they were you know they're already in why should they keep grinding at bats and why should they you know make every pitch count um and, that's and, it though and, oh, God. and that's really interesting too because um i would think you would rather finish first in that central division you know we talked about how weak the central division was at the beginning of the season beginning of this 60-day campaign and realistically blake the the american league central has turned out to be one of the best divisions in baseball without a doubt and i still think it's really top heavy um the three top oh, three teams yeah. are, and after that they're i mean you know the white Sox are bad or not the white Sox. that's terrible the the royals and the uh tigers both pretty bad um they're, they're two of the probably worst seven or ten teams in baseball for sure. Um, and 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And I we talked the other way about the National League Central that four teams could win it, and the the three teams behind the Cubs are all hovering around the 500 mark. And I think that's part of the the thing is because of how good the AL Central's been, because of how good um, the rest of the NL Central has been. I mean, there's there's th- out of those teams, there's only three teams that are like, yeah, we should win this series. Every other series is really good. Um, you know, no matter who you play. And I think that's, that's bodes well for both of those divisions going into the playoffs. They played a lot more games against quality opponents than, than other divisions have. Well, if Philly goes into the dumper and that's not entirely out of the realm of possibility, Cincinnati and Milwaukee could make the playoffs and that would give the National League Central four teams in the playoffs. They could both, they could have four teams. They're taking the top two teams with the best records no matter what division for those wild card spots. Well, and St. Louis has an extra three games to play over the next six days. Yeah, uh, as a uh, on top of what the other teams have, so they have to try to find a way to get those three double headers in. And that obviously is less pitching, um, and you don't know what they're going to do. They could lose. I mean, they're only a game up on the Reds, and they've got an extra three games to play. So if they lose all three of those games, the Reds could theoretically finish second in the division. Um, so the National League Central is far from over. I think this Reds Brewers series will go a long way in determining who wins. Um, and you know, on paper, the Reds should theoretically they are they should be favored in all three games because of the who they have starting those three games. Um, outside of Brandon Woodruff, the, the the Brewers just don't match up with anybody. And I don't know which team he's going in, um, but they they don't match up with the start pitching. And that obviously, you know, we know baseball enough to know that doesn't matter necessarily. But if you're going to bet on somebody, you bet on the guy on the mound. And if Gray returns to what he was, then the the Reds are going to be really tough to beat over this next week. Blake, suddenly David Bell doesn't look so bad. And, but I've been <laughs> saying that. Right? Like, I think that, you know, he definitely cost the Reds a couple games early in this truncated season. That's really tough to swallow. Um, and, and in reality, people say he cost the Red Teams early in the year. He didn't. The bullpen did. Um, and, and it's not his fault that, you know, Michael Lorenzen couldn't get anybody out of the bullpen. And, you know, Ray Sullivan blew three saves. It's not on David Bell. Um, he could have went to a different person. And I still question some of his bullpen decisions. Um, but they've been working out a lot better of late. Well, the interesting thing is Sandy Alomar is going to continue to be the Indians' interim manager. I don't think – there has been no official announcement. But right now, with just a week to go in the season, I don't think there's any way Terry Francona wants to mess up what's going on right now with the Indians and what's happening with the way that they're playing to step back in and manage this team. I think he's going to leave it right up to Sandy Alomar through the rest of the year. Yeah, I think he should, too. I mean, that's kind of uh... – um, it would kind of be be childish, of, not childish. That's not the right word, but kind of selfish. Not fair. Yeah, it'd be selfish. That's a good word. It would not be fair to Sandy Alomar Jr. to take over at this point. Um, and and you know he can maybe continue to help behind the scenes, which I'm sure he has quite a bit. I'm sure they talk all the time. Oh sure, yeah. And, and without a doubt, Francona is still part of the management of the Indians organization. And I wouldn't be shocked to see him move into more of a front office role going forward. Um, but I think he still wants to manage somewhere if he's healthy enough to do so. 
Um, but yeah, that wouldn't be the right move for the Indians or Terry Francona to, to make that decision. It's interesting. When the Indians were mired in that seven-game losing streak a couple of weeks ago, Sandy Alomar said that it would have been better had Francona been the manager, not because Alomar is incapable of managing a team through a losing streak, but he said Francona is even keel no matter what. If you win, he's the same way. If you lose, he's the same way. And the team never gets down on themselves when they get into a winning or a losing streak. And Alomar's uh, deduction was that this team probably wouldn't have lost seven games because Francona would have been right there to right the ship, and the team wouldn't have gotten down on themselves in the middle of that losing streak. It was an interesting perspective that Alomar had. Well, yeah, and, and it's part of the, you know, having a veteran manager like a Terry Francona versus, you know, the Reds and Indians both have guys that are really young in their management career, in their manager career right now, um, that have never really done it before. Um, you know, this is the first time for David Bell that he's experienced success and, uh, you can say the same for Alan Marks. He's never experienced success or failure. David Bell experienced plenty of failure last year, but there was no expectations. Um, I think it's I think it's good for both of them to, to be managing through this this uh, situation where they're you know both in the playoffs. Well, Indians are basically in at this point. I know they haven't clinched, but they're pretty much in. I mean, what are they? Their magic number is probably one or two. Yeah, I think it's one. Or actually, I think it's two. But it, they would have to really collapse over the last week of the year. They would almost have to lose out. Right. Um, and, and Seattle would have to win out. Right, which is possible, but not likely. Well, Seattle possible. right now is six games behind the Indians in in the win-loss. They're six games back, and they're four games back of Toronto. Yeah, so they they basically clinched without clinching. Right. Uh, you know, and it's just it's it's just a different animal in the American League than it is in the National League right now. It's just you know, I think it's going to benefit the National League throughout the playoffs and possibly into the World Series depending on who goes in just because there's more meaningful baseball being played on that side of the that side of the league right now and I, I think it's good. I think it's all good for baseball and you can, you know, you're in Cincinnati and I know you're an Indians fan but you're an ancillary Reds fan too. Like you root for the Reds when you when they're not playing. Oh, when I was growing up, I was a Reds fan. It's, it was hard, probably hard not to be when you were growing up yeah. back in the 30s and 40s. Um, oh God! Thanks a <laughs> lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, back in the Ernie Lombardi days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it, it's exciting, man. And this 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 city, you know, we we rally around all of our sports teams, but it's nothing like when the Reds are competitive. The Reds are competitive. This city really jumps in full feet, both feet first, man, ready to rock and roll and. And it's really cool to see, and it just kind of sucks that if they do get in, we won't get home games. But it doesn't, to me, it doesn't change it. It's just, it's it's still really cool. We're going to be watching possibly play postseason baseball. I've watched every inning of every game the last week, and it's been really fun to watch. Well, let's take a look at the American League and what's going on. You know, Tampa Bay is right up at the top. They're a game, actually a half a game in front of the Chicago White Sox for the top spot in the American League. And then comes Oakland. They're a full game behind the White Sox and a game and a half behind Tampa Bay. Then it's Minnesota, the Yankees, Houston, Cleveland, and Toronto. If it were to end today, Blake, the Indians would be facing off with the White Sox. And that is a face-off that has me a little worried. Every series is going to worry me for the Indians because they just can't hit. 
Um, Jose Ramirez has been doing a whale of a job over the last week, but let's keep in mind they've been playing Kansas City and they've also been playing uh, uh, Detroit. So, I mean, for him to go off here. But the interesting thing that the Indians did the other day in their lineup was they moved Lindor out of the third spot and put him back up into the leadoff, moved Hernandez to second and Ramirez to third. And that seemed to really get this offense going. A lot of people felt like maybe they should have done that earlier with Lindor instead of keeping him in the third spot, but they didn't do it. Finally, they've relented and decided to go with Lindor in the leadoff position, and that seems to have jump-started Ramirez, although he's been having a pretty good year, 15 homers and almost 40 RBIs, 38 in a total um, for this team. But I'll tell you one thing, Blake, that White Sox team, as I've told you, um, I've I've thought that they are the, to me, they're the favorite to go to the World Series in the American League. Yeah, I mean, I think offensively they're probably the best team in the American League. I don't know that they have enough pitching. Obviously, we didn't see Giolito, so I don't really – I mean, I've seen him, but I don't know how good he is. Getting Keiko back is huge for them. So they got yeah. two guys in the rotation that are pretty good. Um, but after that, I don't know. I mean, the Dylan C's guy we saw, I mean, he walked, what, seven batters on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was – I mean, the Reds scored five runs with one hit. Um, it's That's not good. Um, and they could have had ten runs with no hits if they if they have made more productive outs. Um, I don't I don't believe they have enough pitching to go to the World Series, but you know I've been wrong before. Well, it'll be interesting to see where the Indians right now. They they're two games ahead of Toronto for that seventh spot. They're not going to get into the sixth spot, and that's because the way they've got it set up, the seedings this year. The, the number one teams in each division get one, two, three. Then the number two division, the, the second place finisher in each division get four, five, six. And then the teams with the best records after that get seven and eight. Now the Indians probably are not going to catch up with Minnesota. The three games behind the Twins. Hopefully the Reds can sweep the Twins this weekend and maybe the Indians can get into that spot. If they do, it'd be really interesting because they'd be playing the Yankees. And I, I think I would enjoy that matchup more than I would the White Sox. Yeah, I think they'd probably match up a little better with the Yankees than the White Sox because they're both they're they neither one of them have that big off. Um the Yankees can score a ton of runs, but they can also strike out a ton and not score at all. Um they got a lot of they got a lot of big swing and miss guys. Um and they both, you know, they both have the one real horse on their rotation, and I think after that, the Indians' rotation is without a doubt better. Um, Cole and Bieber, you can almost call that a wash. I think Bieber's been better this year, but we all know how good Garrett Cole is in the postseason, um, at least last year. Um, but, yeah, man, I think I, if I were an Indians fan, I'd probably rather face the Yankees than the White Sox in round one. Well, it's going to be interesting, the playoffs this year, because – as Major League Baseball announced about a week and a half ago, everything's going to be played under a bubble. Now, the the games are going to be played not only in Southern California, but also in Texas. So they'll be played in San Diego and Los Angeles. Now, the Dodgers aren't going to play in L.A., and the Padres aren't going to play in San Diego. Meanwhile, Texas will also be hosting some games. They'll play those games in Arlington. They don't have to worry about the Rangers. And they'll play them also in Houston. And the Astros aren't going to be playing at home either. So... Everybody is going to be playing under a bubble, and 
Blake, I mean, it should be interesting that way, but in a way, it's like we said at the beginning of the year, they could have played 75 or 80 games and really played into, had the World Series go into November, had they wanted to, if they were going to pick up this format. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and, you know, they they said that the World Series, there'll be no off days because there's no travel. Um which it's is just, really going to be interesting. You bring that up. That's really going to be interesting because then you can't rest a pitcher during that off day. You can't. Without doubt, I think that definitely yeah. will rotation depth into play a lot more than it has been in the past in a World Series. You won't see a guy start three games in a World Series, um, which, you know, it, it can hurt some teams, but it can help teams that have deeper starting rotations like both of the teams that we root for. Um if they were to find a way to get there, you know, I really like their chances because, you know, you're going to get Bauer, Castillo, Bauer, Gray twice for the Reds. And, you know, that's that extra start will be likely, you know, Mally or Lorenzen for the Reds and, you know, similar setup for the Indians, which is a little less, uh, they're, they're not as deep as they were at because of the trade. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I like it. I actually think it's more true to what baseball is, right? Because, you know, and I know, you know, baseball's always been the, the marathon, not the sprint. They want the, you know, the, the longevity of it. And that, 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 that leads to a longer World Series. But, you know, it's also baseball, 160 game grind is about your depth. Yeah. And seven games in seven days. Is that's what it's about. It's about your depth. It's about that guy coming off the bench and getting the big hit. It's about your fourth and fifth starter, not your one and two the whole time. Um, so I, I kind of like it. I, I just, it's just different, man. And I actually think, I think baseball would be smart to keep, not necessarily the bubble, obviously, but this playoff format going forward, I think it just leads, it leads to more teams wanting to buy at the trade deadline. It leads to more teams spending a little bit of money in the offseason to get into the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, I think expanded playoffs are good, especially I think, you know, we looked at both leagues, and I think the seven and eight seed in both sides could go to the LCS. Um, I don't see, you know, there's not a bad team in that group. It's you know, if, if, if the, the 500 teams in the National League, the Reds, the Brewers, the Cardinals, the, the Phillies, they can beat people. I mean, those teams can beat people. Um, so you're not getting a joke of a team getting in. That's what always scares people with the, the, the expanded playoffs. You know, you get that eight and eight team in the NFL, in the postseason for the NFL. Like they, you go 500 in, in the NFL. You don't deserve to be in the postseason. Right. But. In baseball, I mean, 81 wins is still tough to get if you're playing a full 162. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good thing and I, I, I would like for them to keep it going forward. Well, I don't think they're going to go as far as this, taking eight teams into the playoffs, but you know, I could see them expanding it another couple of teams. I mean, you know, and play just, I, I'm not sure what baseball's going to do. I mean, and I don't think anybody else does either. I think right now they're just trying to get through this season, and hopefully it'll just lead into something even further next year. The only thing I'm pretty sure about, Blake, the DH is in the National League to stay. I, and I think it should be. I don't, 
you know, the old days, uh, my childhood, I mean, interleague came in when I was, what, what was it, like 97-ish? Yeah, and I hate it. I, I do, I'm not a fan, but if they're going to play interleague baseball, both leagues need to play by the same rules. Um, if you go back to what it was, you know, even at the beginning of interleague where you just played two series of interleague back to back, that's fine with me. Um, then you can play, you know, different rules and it's fine. But that was part of the fun of the World Series when you were younger, right? Like playing by different rules in different, in different leagues and who played by the other league's rules better. That's kind of exciting. That was kind of exciting to me. Like which, which American League pitcher would be the best punter or which National League team had the best guy on the bench to DH in a weird spot who, you know, who they, Hasn't DH'd all year, but gonna do a great job in that yeah. spot. All, what are the Red Sox gonna do when they go to the National League? Is David Ortiz gonna play first base or is he not gonna play? Um, those kinds of questions made it fun. Uh, but you know, it's just unfair if you're gonna play interleague baseball on every day of the regular season like they do now. It just needs to be the same rules. It needs to be one way or the other. And I think the DH is the better of the rules. Just, I think it's better for the game. Well, like I said, I don't think the Indians have much to worry about as far as any tiebreakers are concerned. But obviously, in the National League, Blake, the Reds do. And the tiebreakers are interesting this year. They're all going to be resolved mathematically. They will not play any additional games this year to break the ties. And because of this expanded postseason field, Major League Baseball decided there really wasn't any reason to play additional games. So the first tiebreaker is going to be head-to-head. So if you tie with, let's say, the Cubs, then what they'll do is they'll go head-to-head between the Reds and the Cubs, and whoever won the head-to-head competition gets the bet, gets that, that tiebreaker. If that's also a tie, then the next tiebreaker is the intradivision record. And if that's still a tie, well, then the next is the record in the final 20 division games plus one unless until the tie is broken so they'll go the the first 20 games in the or the final 20 games inside your division if it's still tied let's say 10-10 then they go 21 or they go 22 until they get a tiebreaker and that that's pretty interesting although it's really going to be tough to figure out who's going to be what coming into the last weekend of the season i i kind of like that because it doesn't all the onus isn't on one game. You can go out there and with that one game and have Randy Johnson in his prime and he throws a clunker and you lose. Like you can be the better team and lose. And and obviously working in small college athletics, we don't have the the ability to play extra games. So our tiebreaker rules get crazy. And I see it all the time up until the point our last tiebreaker for every sport is a coin flip. (laughs) It, It can't get to a coin flip. Um, and I, I like that, you know, baseball doesn't really have that, but I'd prefer it to, to not be a one game scenario. I mean, I watched the Reds, I think it was 99. They were so much better than the Mets and they lost the one game playoff because Al Leiter threw an absolute gem. Um, and they were the better team. It wasn't even close and they didn't get into the playoffs because of that one game. Mm-hmm. It's to me. I think it's probably the right call, especially this season. Um, now, the, the one thing that would bother me, though, is if just say the Reds and the Cardinals were tied, and for some reason the Cardinals 
didn't get to 60 games. To me, that should be number one. If you don't play your full 60 and you're tied with somebody, which is like, is very unlikely because they won't have an even number. Like the Reds finished 30 and 30 and the Cardinals finished 30 and 29. They get in. They beat the Reds by not playing the 60th game. That bothers me. That has always bothered me in all sports. So you can, you benefit from not playing that game. Now you might have won it, but you might have lost too. Right. And if you lose, what happens? It's just, it's just, un- that to me is unfair. I think you should have to play your 60 for it to go past that tiebreaker. I think it's, I really think it should be, especially this year with all the crazy things, I think number one should be wins, not win percentage, not games back. It should be wins. Um, because that's just, to me, that's an unfair advantage. Um, you know. They've well, had to put deal with some un, some unfair disadvantages, but they're the ones that let COVID get out in their locker room. It's not anybody, you know, 30 teams in baseball, you know, all but only, what, three or four of them have had real issues. Yeah. And whose fault is that? If it were, if it were as bad as it could have been, everybody would have had issues, right? Um, so I just think that's an unfair thing, and I don't think they should be able to, to get in if – they don't play their full sixty. Well, you now, look, they played. They played fifty-eight, and they were fifty-seven and one. Obviously, they're in. But if it's a close, if they have the same amount of wins, that bothers me. Well, here, here's okay. For example, the Reds have played fifty-four games. The Phillies have played fifty-three games. So has Miami. San Diego has played fifty-four games. Atlanta has played fifty-three games. So has the Cubs, and the Dodgers have played fifty-four games. The Cardinals have played fifty. That's where they're at. They're 26 yep. and 24. They are in second place in the Central Division and in that sixth spot. And they get to go play either Atlanta or San Diego. Right. And either one of those is a better matchup for the Cardinals than what the Reds or Brewers would have to face. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just not. I just don't like it. It's just that something about it that has never sat right with me. You get penalized for playing your full slate. That's just doesn't work for me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it, but that's the rules that baseball come to. And it is what it is. Well, what's interesting is Miami had the same problems that St. Louis did early in the season. And they've managed to play 53 games. The Cardinals have only managed to play 50. Yeah, I think the Cardinals were out a little longer, um, and I don't know how they're. I mean, I know they played a ton of doubleheaders, right? Um, but I just, I don't, I don't really know how that's worked out. It just doesn't make sense to me that you could play four. If, if they play this, don't play four of those games. How they can even be, you know? If, if this was a regular, regular season, and St. Louis finished. And St. Louis didn't play or played four games less than the team that they were chasing for the playoffs. They would have to make up those four games. Without a doubt. That's the way it would be. But now they're not going to play any additional games if they get those. And it doesn't look like St. Louis is going to get 60 games. It looks like they may get 57, maybe 58. Yeah, I'm trying to bring up their schedule now just to see what they have. Yeah. Uh, and it, it it's interesting because they, they don't have 
a lot of games. I mean, they've got a couple of doubleheaders this week, but they don't have a tremendous amount on their schedule coming in. And like I said, it looks like they're probably going to finish somewhere in the area of 57, maybe 58 games. And that, that just. They've got eight games scheduled left. Well, that's 58. They've got three against the Royals starting tonight and then a five game set with Milwaukee over the weekend. Oh, wow. And, and you know, Milwaukee's going to be playing to get into the playoffs. Yeah, so uh, I actually really like that they're playing each other this weekend. But here's the interesting thing, Blake. When you look at their schedule, they've got Kansas City. Let me make sure I'm looking at it the right way, and I believe I am. Yeah, they've got Kansas City, like you said, for three games, no doubleheaders, and a five-game set with Milwaukee, one doubleheader. Well, they, they, the weird thing is they actually, so Kansas City was one of their series that did not get postponed. Um, and the, the thing that, and this is another thing that bothers me. They had seven games against Detroit get postponed. Seven games. Yeah. And they only made up two of those seven games. So that's five games against a bad team that they could have won. And then, but they also had three games against the Cubs get postponed in a four game series with Milwaukee. And they're only making up one of those Milwaukee games. It's just, I don't know. It's just ugly. Just yeah. don't like it. And that, that's a makeup of an August 2nd game that was postponed. So yeah, I, I agree with you that they should have done something about that, but unfortunately it's kind of too little too late right now. Well, yeah, and it'd be really hard to ask the Tigers to play, you know, a five-game series after the season is over when they have no chance of playing in the playoffs. Right. So it's it's just weird, man. It's just different. And, you know, but so is everything else in the world right now. I guess, you know, I can complain about all the, the <laughs> minuscule things, or I can say this is awesome that the Reds are playing meaningful baseball late in September. And then just yeah. enjoy the next six days, and hopefully they get in. It makes it fun, doesn't it? Yeah, without a doubt, man. It's just, it's just a different, like, and for me, I, obviously, I love the Bengals. I love, you know, my Bearcats. I love watching Mount Sports. But everything is different when it's the Reds. It's just different. Yeah. It's just a different feeling. It's a different, I don't know, it's a different vibe. And, you know, they're playing, they're not just winning games right now. They're playing really good baseball. They're doing little things. Um, they're, they're doing the things that they should have been doing all year. You know, putting the ball in play more. That's been my biggest beef with the Reds all year is they just strike out too much. And, you know, you can't score runs swinging and missing. Um, if they'd have done this, you know, a month earlier, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. The Reds would be four games up on the Cardinals, and that's probably where they should be. They're definitely a better team than the Cardinals. There's no doubt about it. Um and they dealt with they haven't dealt with that much adversity outside of Senzel going down for a while, which didn't really hurt him that much because Goodwin's played really well. Um, Akiyama's finally starting to hit, uh, and then you know the Sonny Gray injury. Other than those two things, it's been a pretty decent season injury wise and all those things for the Reds. Um, they just haven't produced. I mean, Musakis has been a bit of a disappointment until lately. Suarez has been a huge disappointment. Botto's finally starting to hit. Winker is their, probably their best offensive player. 
think Castellanos has been about as advertised. I think if you push his numbers out over 162, he ends up around 30 home runs, 85, 90 RBIs, and hitting 270. That's a pretty good number for, you know, a corner outfielder. I think anybody in baseball would take that out of the right fielder. Um, you think the Indians would take that out of an outfielder? Oh, absolutely. But let's keep this in perspective right now. Yeah. If this was a regular season, we would be entering June. Right. And, and that's when most hitters really start to turn it on. Without a doubt. And I think that's what's happening with the Reds. Um, they're starting to figure it out. They're starting to turn it on. Yep. And I think I, I really, I mean, the Indians are obviously in the playoffs. I really think the Reds get in, man. They're, they're a scary team. I don't think anybody wants to see them, especially in that first three-game series with, with you know, the starting pitching that we have, the three guys that are – as good as anybody in baseball, probably the National League side, Young Leonard and Trevor Bauer, um, the best changeup in baseball, and then Sonny Gray. Well, it's going to be interesting. Here, Here's the interesting. You brought up the injuries, and I was shocked to hear that Justin Verlander is going to undergo Tommy John surgery, and he'll be out the entire season all next year and then return in 2022 at 39 after Tommy John surgery. Let's see what happens there. Right. That that is going to be interesting because he's been able to defy he's been able to defy age up till now. Well, and and that's always been the thing that bothered me. I know he was trying to get back for this postseason run, but you just wasted two months of recovery time. Why he didn't have the surgery two months ago, and theoretically could be ready for the postseason next year um, if they, if they needed him or, or if they were in that position. I just I, that always bothers me how long teams wait for things like that um, and, and push it out because you know Tommy John's not a joke. They've, they've had to have known for a little while that that was a possibility. Right, right. I wish they'd have shut him down early, and I think that's that that's kind of the nail in the Astros coffin. To be honest with you, I don't think they yeah, have a chance. Of, I I agree with, with you. I think um, it's going to be an interesting show next Monday. I think it's going to be very interesting because I think we're going to be talking about two teams that are in the playoffs. Well, if the Reds don't get in, I'm sick next Monday and can't do it. <laughs> Blake, we will talk to you again next next Monday night, and hopefully you won't be sick that the Reds and the Indians will both be in the playoffs, and we will have something to talk about next week. How about that? Sounds good, Dave. I appreciate it, bud. I appreciate you, and that's going to do it for tonight's program. Thanks for joining us here tonight. As we said, it should be an interesting last week of the regular season in Major League Baseball as we end up with the show tonight. And uh, we'll talk to you again next Monday night. For Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. Don't forget to join us again next Monday night, Playoff Baseball. And that will be at 7 o'clock here on UltimateSportsTalk.com. Until then, for Blake Watson, I'm Dave Mitchell. Have a good night, everybody.